Welcome, baseball fans. We're back for the 2021 baseball season. It's the Running the Bases podcast. Oh, my God. I'm Tucker Wells, joined remotely by Coach Jordan Bounds. Coach, how you doing, man? Doing pretty good, pretty good. A little stir-crazy, but yeah, all right. Yeah, how about it? Uh, it's been a minute. We we didn't really get to do much in 2020 for, uh, well, what are probably obvious reasons. So <laughs> here we are. It's 2021, and uh, as of right now, baseball is going to start on time. Spring training begins in a little under a week with actual – or a little over a week with live baseball games. Um, apparently, it's going to be a full – 162 game season so uh so let's do these podcasts what do you say yeah let's rock and roll well it's good to be back to say the least and to be talking baseball out of the box today we'll talk about this upcoming 2021 season first to third we must remember henry aaron and then coming into home we need to take a look back on the 2020 season and just get some reflections on it because it was bizarre to grossly understate so um out of the box uh, the 2021 season, uh, what are our early thoughts going into spring training week? What are your thoughts about do, it? Do we think we're going to play a full season? Let's start there. If we got through last season, uh, what I mean, the 60-game sprint, if they were able to get through that, I mean, with changing everything on the go, you know, I mean, on the run, making up new rules and doing all this sort of stuff, and there was a time where I really didn't think it was going to happen. I mean, at the beginning of the season when the Marlins and who was the Phillies and Cardinals, um, you know, and the Cardinals. Yeah. I mean, they're teams that were really just look like it just wasn't going to happen, but it did. And if we can get through it that year, I think we can get through it this year. We know a lot more. We like I'm so responsible for everything. Um, But you're very in the um, know. You're very you have your thumb on the proverbial pulse, though. And yeah, and nobody is, no, I don't know, it's the pulse, it's somebody else's pulse, but um, <laughs> all right. Uh, so I, I think we'll get through with it. And I'm really looking forward to it. It seems like what we had was kind of a, a long dream, <laughs> you know, yeah. the 60 game thing. It, it, I mean, it was, there was such a surreal aspect to it. And it was so quick uh, that I feel like we haven't had base, we skipped a year, you know? And so I'm, I'm pumped. I agree on all those points. I, I don't even the the 2020 season was a blur. I mean, to me, it felt like it almost didn't happen, you know. And and it did happen, but I don't even know what that that means, you know. Thankfully, nobody died in in the context of no one got COVID and then died as working for one of the organizations. And I was really worried about that. You know, how do you, how would we have uh, grappled that? But so we do think we're going to play a full season. What about fans? Governor Cuomo in New York is saying he's allowing 10% capacity at New York sporting events. Uh, What do you think about for all 30 MLB teams as far as having fans in the stands? I think they're going to be, you know, about 23, 24 different rules. I mean, the, Cubs will probably have to adhere to the same rules the White Sox do. I mean, you know, it's going to depend on individual states and and how uh, I mean, I I do think. But before the season is out, I'm hoping we have full capacity. Right. I don't think we're going to have that at the beginning. And I think it's going to be gradual and and more in some states than others. And, you know, shoot, you know, the Marlins, (laughs) they'll be allowed to have 
everybody's right away. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, Tampa Bay will too, but they won't fill it up. <laughs> right. No one's going to notice. Um, You're right. You know, there's no way to talk about this without interweaving it with politics because so much is going to depend on what happens with vaccine rollout from this point forward, you know, with the Biden administration and how, you know, how we're going to handle COVID is going to be how we're going to get the fans back in the stands. But I'm hopeful. In some places, it doesn't matter in Florida. It doesn't matter, you know, in, in a couple of states. South Dakota, they don't have a team, but if they had one, they'd like, come on. Yeah, you know? I know. So, well, if you're a ball player, though, how do you feel about, would you would you, uh, right. would you you object to that? Would you say, hey, I'm sitting out the Florida road trip? If I was in the major leagues, I'd do whatever they told me to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, uh, you know, but – you know, I'm not in the major leagues. Uh, they're all having to uh, wear the contract tracing devices uh, like the NBA and everything does. Uh, and I, there is there's some significant penalties if they leave their like little uh, they leave their rooms and things this year. They're not it's not just a slap on the hand. It's financial. Uh, so right. I uh, so I, I you know, I, I think things will be safer. Yeah. Well, and you're you're right. We get the vaccine and enough arms and stuff. You know, I, I think it, it's going to be a gradual uh, recovery. Let's say that by July and August, which seems to be kind of best case scenario, that COVID is right. under control well enough to where we've got seventy percent capacity and up. How do you think the fans are going to return to baseball? Do you think that they're gonna? It's going to be like. Across the board, everyone's super enthusiastic just to be because, you know, a thousand articles are being written about how once the world can kind of, quote, get back out there, that it's going to be insane. Concerts are going to be flooded and, you know, movie theaters packed and all that. So with baseball in particular, do you feel like that's going to be the case? Not exactly. I think, uh, you you know, you're talking about movie theaters and uh, concerts and stuff. You're dealing with a youthful crowd. Not that baseball isn't, but there's, you know, average age at a major league baseball game uh, is a lot older than the average age at a um, Billie Eilish concert. Yeah, Uh, I think there will be some people that will be reluctant. I don't think it's going to be like after a strike year. uh, What was the year with Sosa and McGuire supposedly brought everybody back? Uh, 98, yeah. Yeah, there was uh, attendance was really down there until that started to happen. Uh, it's not going to be that significant, but uh, I mean, and it will build. I mean, people will start feeling safer when they start seeing other people in the stands. Right, right. It, it's got to feel surreal to look at highlights from 2019 and and backward. Like I, I see highlights from the 2019 postseason, uh, or even just like you know, the 2001 world series. And I almost can't believe it. You know, it's like a, that, that seems like it was out of a dream. You know, when I was in Japan, uh, several years ago, I mean, and there was no pandemic anywhere or anything, but people wore masks all the time. I mean, in crowded places, uh, not so much in other places, you know, but people, that was just part of a regular thing when you were in a crowd. And I can see some. There are going to be lingering things like that here. You're still going to see people in masks for some time. 
Yeah, I'll be and one of see them. Him that way, and you'll see him at the ballpark that way. Yeah, I will be one of them, for the record. Yeah. As far as, you know, we have this very bizarre kind of offseason in the sense that it got started late and wasn't really sure what kind of free agency signings and contracts would be handed out. Um, what did you make of the uh, the offseason or the offseason to this point? I think it's showing a real trend there. And Bauer's signing was is such an example of that. Uh, that long contracts are gone. Um, you know, the you, ten-year contracts and that sort of thing, where you're paying for the front end and there's just a back end to it. They'll still have some of those. You know, they'll. I, I mean, the big signings now. Look at how many people signed for one year. Shoot, you look at people that are getting minor league contracts. Justin Wilson got a, a, a minor league contract today. He's you know, had an ERA under well under four for several years in a row. One of the most effective left-handed relievers out there, and he gets a minor league contract. Um, the uh, Turner, you know, who is Mister Dodger, you know, and he got a really good contract, seventeen million a year for for two years for him is at, at age thirty-six. Uh, that's a good contract, but it's over just two years. And, right. uh, you know, Bowers is ridiculous, you know, but, but the Dodgers can do that. And apparently the Mets were ready to do it as well. But the emphasis, I mean, now it's on the yearly average. Uh, teams are not giving out long contracts anymore. Uh, I was really surprised that the Braves signed Osuna for four years, but the contract's not that large. You know, I mean, uh, not as much as you would he he probably could have gotten the same amount for three years from somebody else. But. Yeah, that was interesting that they were able to get him back considering the Braves have a crowded outfield and we weren't sure if there was going to be the DH again, which do we think that that it, is a time to wave the white flag on the on the universal DH? I mean, oh, yes, I, I do. I, and I, I've changed that way. There is uh and I, it does take away strategy from the game, no doubt about it. But uh, players now are the way they use relief pitchers and stuff. Hitter um, pitchers just don't ever hit anymore. You know, they can't even bunt. It, it's, I mean, some of them can. You know, there's you know, Bumgarner and stuff out there. But uh, for the most part, they just never practice hitting at all anymore. Uh, yeah, and. So it's they've been. I mean, I, I grew up watching people that could really hit, you know, uh, Fergie Jenkins and Gibson and stuff like that. You just don't have those anymore, right? I mean, we 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 remember the '90s. The Braves pitchers were famous for being able to bunt really well. <laughs> they were one of the right. best hitting teams in the major league, best hitting pitching teams in the major leagues because they could bunt really well. All right. Uh, well, people don't even bunt anymore. So yeah, I think it's time for the universal DH. And I think we'll have it next year. Our, 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 our main man, Freddie Friedman, is an MVP because Ozuna was hitting behind him as a DH. So yes, it certainly bore fruit for our local professional baseball team. And I think Ozuna will be a DH next year for the most part. Right. So, you know, the Bauer signing, but, and by the way, I haven't refreshed my MLB trade rumors. Did, did, did LeMahieu sign back with the Yankees? Did I sleep through that? Yes. Okay. Yes. That was the other big one, I guess. Um, 
huge trade market though. I don't know Real Muto was pretty big too. Real Muto, yeah, yeah, that was that was big. He's back with the Phillies. Um, we had some reunion signings. Uh, Arietta back to the Cubs, uh, and yeah. then and then uh, Captain Eagle uh, James Paxton back to the Mariners. Good for yeah. them. The Cubs are a really weird franchise. All of a sudden, they have. Uh, yeah, they are. They 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 let Lester go, and the they sign Arietta, and Arietta was going to make more. It will make more than Lester. I I haven't really read the piece about why Theo left. It seems like the, uh, the entire strategy of the 2016 World Championship front office is is been thrown away for some reason well supposedly according to theo that uh he i mean this the guy that took over and i, I can't remember his name but uh he is been a good friend with theo and has worked with him in different places and theo knew that in a year he was leaving anyway his 10-year thing was up and since there were going to have to be all of these really large personnel questions made in the next year he wanted this guy to kind of be in charge of him if he was going to be in charge of that team in the future. Now, that may be all political. Uh, Theo did go, you know, is working with the commissioner's office. Um, we'll, we'll see. But, I mean, uh, I think that's I think, I think that's pretty truthful. Well, it's just it's interesting that, like, now you've got you know, Kyle Schwarber as well. He was a darling of the 2016 team and a, a valuable component to their team year in and year out. He is gone now. You've got Javi Baez. You've got uh, the Lion Rizzo at first base. But over at third base, it doesn't seem like Brian will be there past this year. It doesn't. I mean, they're just not going to be able to afford all of these people when they start getting the big contracts. Yeah, but it's the Cubs that we're talking about. It makes me – I find it very hard to believe that that franchise, considering what they've taken over in Wrigleyville – and all of the you know income streams from being an actual contender that they couldn't quote afford it, but well, I guess they just didn't want to. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, and Bryant's production has really gone down the last three years. Yeah, and it's a shame. It is a you know twenty sixteen MVP. I mean, yeah. Um, but uh, so that said, um, the trade market was was highly active. Uh, let's start with let's talk real quick about like all the moves that the Padres did and then the our 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 dreaded uh Cardinals nemesis getting Nolan Arenado just you know casual third baseman there uh and then the Lindor and Carrasco trade to the Mets um, what was the most significant well, I guess and what was what surprised you the most well I don't say it really surprised me but Lindor and um and Cookie going to the Mets the uh that was the biggest one to me. I, I mean, and it's the biggest provided that the Mets will be able to sign Lindor to a long-term contract, and I think they will. But Carrasco gives them a really another top-notch pitcher. You know, they I mean to go behind Degrom, and Lindor, you know, is he's one of those faces of baseball. Uh, now the Padres made a whole lot of trades and stuff, and just re vamped a whole pitching staff uh but they didn't get anybody of that kind of significance they already have one in tatis um 
as far as Arenado go, going to the Cardinals, I think that makes them the instant favorite in that division, period. Oh, yeah. It, it, without thinking about it too deeply, the NL Central was pretty wide open, and now they're easily the front runner. I think so, too. I mean, what you got the Reds, they're going to take a big step back, I think. Um, yeah, they are. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have a whole, you know, full season preview show uh, in the coming weeks so we can save some of that talk. But let me ask you about uh, our our beloved hometown Braves as far as some of the other moves that they did uh, signing Charlie Morton, which I loved. Um, was it enough? Is it enough to stay competitive with the Phillies and uh, the Mets considering all that they've done? And, and the, the, fact- National, the Nationals have made some very strong moves. Uh, yeah. The, uh, but I uh, – I think so. You know, I think uh, I think Morton and Smiley give, uh, you know, that instantly helps out the starting staff. <laughs> uh, you heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> what they they have lost several people in the bullpen, uh, but they still have a lot of pieces in the bullpen. Um, right. It looks like but it looks like Lance is going to sign with the Padres. I think the, the strides that we've made with the. Uh, with the starting staff uh, are going to make up for the losses in the bullpen. A lot is going to depend on how Christian Pache develops uh, or if Drew Waters comes up. Uh, we still have kind of a weak outfield. Uh, the, uh, I mean, if, you know, we, Ozuna's going to be in left and, you know, uh, Acuna is going to be in right, but uh, they're looking for Pache to play center. But, you know, if it ends up that Ender's in center, we're not as strong a team. One of the things that's really significant is that we'll have a healthy Albies this year. Healthy Albies, and I was just a healthy Soroka if he comes back. Hope from, so. Yeah. Hope so. That would, would have been really nice to have the universal DH so he doesn't have to you know, go first to third or run, uh, try to beat out a hit to first or something. Are we looking forward to more seven-inning doubleheaders and runners starting on second in extra innings? You know, I, I'm going to tell you, I don't – there. There is not the, all of the changes they made. I kind of liked the runners on second. That you know, it's kind of like a soccer shootout. You know, there are people uh, of my ilk, the you know, uh, traditionalists who were like, "Oh no!" But it it was exciting. You know, uh, as far as the seven inning double headers, people minor leagues have been like that for years. Uh, but there's an odd with the seven inning double headers. You know, the Marlins. Uh, one of the big stories of the 60-game sprint, it, making the playoffs, but they had a losing record on nine-inning games. They just really did very well in the uh, the seven-inning doubleheaders. Wow. Uh, and, um, so, I mean, it, it does favor a certain I – mean, it favors strong starting pitching. You know, I, I really liked um, the – that the pitchers – had to face three batters, uh, you know, that relief pitchers had to come in and face three batters. I don't think it was as significant a change that players thought it would be. And it does add a whole nother level of strategy that wasn't there before. So um, I, I really had no problem with any of those changes. Yeah. The Dodgers certainly didn't have any problems with the reliever facing three pitchers in game six of the World Series. No, no, they didn't. That handed them the trophy practically, but I digress. Yes, it did. All right. Well, here's hoping that we just get healthy and 
it it all works out for the best. And you know what? I'm kind of okay with platitudes after the year we've just been through. So, oh yeah. All right. Well, I'm, look, I'm just I don't even want to think about the year we went through. It was, you know, it it was fun. It was exciting. Uh, I just want this year to hurry up and get here. Yeah, I I second that. So, all right. So going first to third, a few weeks ago on the January 22nd, uh, the beloved, the revered, uh, there's no level of hyperbole uh, and superlative for this man, but Hank Aaron passed away at 86, almost 87. My God, what a life. So we're going to take our turn uh, here to to pay our respects. And really, I just wanted to, to turn this over to you because you lived in Atlanta uh, from a young age, most of your life, but you... We're here from day one of the Braves and uh, specifically Hank Aaron in Atlanta. Among many things, you were at uh, the 715 on April 8th, 1974. You have a great story about that, by the way, so make sure you tell it again here. Um, <laughs> the thing about Mike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. So, uh, so in remembering Hank, uh, Coach, give me all your thoughts. Well, first of all, I think in this era of social reckoning that the Atlanta Braves should become the Atlanta Hammers. Nice. Uh, you could even still have, instead of a tomahawk, have a hammer. And instead of chopping, you could, like, hammer, you know. but um, That's really anyway. good. That's really – did you really come up with that or did you hear that somewhere? Yeah. Well, oh, my well, God. I mean, I'm, I'm sure somebody else thought of it too. Check that uh, out. Put that in a proposal. To whom? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> at any rate, uh, I Hank Aaron was a part of my life. I mean, my my youth uh, was spent watching the miserable Braves of the seventies, <laughs> and the uh, and you know I, I I did go to home run seven hundred and fifteen. Uh, I I saw his first home run in Atlanta. It was against Houston. It was a uh, home run, bought two outs, bottom of the ninth tie game, uh, won the game. I don't remember the pitcher. Uh, <laughs> I saw his uh, 500th home run. Uh, that was against Mike McCormick. I saw a 600th home run. That was against Gaylord Perry. I missed the 700th uh, home run, uh, but I certainly was there for 715. I saw his last home run in Atlanta. That was against Raleigh Eastwick in 74. Uh, the most I mean, 715 was special, but my favorite home run that I saw Hank Aaron hit in purpose, I know it was in the um, uh, upper deck right behind home on the old uh, Atlanta Fulton County Stadium, and Bob Gibson was pitching. And Gibson was not headhunter, as people thought he was. Uh, you know, he, he wasn't Don Drysdale or Pedro, you know, but he would buzz your tunnel. I mean, and Get, you know, he'd give you a shave. It was right up there yeah. uh, and, and hard. And he was intimidating. And when Aaron came up the first inning, first pitch, just knocked, knocked him down. You know, just, I mean, it was uh, right there. Next pitch went about 400 feet. Uh, and <laughs> that was Hank Aaron. Um, yes. The, when the Braves first moved here, I'm still a kid, and Eddie Matthews had been my favorite player, and I was so excited. I, mean, I, I the Braves were one of my favorite teams. I was really excited about them coming here, but it was like Eddie Matthews is coming. Well, Eddie Matthews was through, um, and Philippe Lou because he was 
so what was really exciting, uh, he became one of my favorite players. It wasn't until a couple of years. I mean, I knew Aaron was the best player on the team, but after a while, you just stood back in awe. I mean, it was in 69 when they won the pennant. Nobody had, well, Necro and Ron Reed had good years, but no offensive player had a good year except for Aaron, who had an unbelievable year. Had you know, should have been uh, MVP. Um, the uh, and he was this way every year. I'll tell you one of the things. You know, he had a war. I mean, for the people that look at that particular stat, now he was he had a war of six point eight or better for fifteen out of sixteen years in a row. Yeah, uh, Freddie Freeman's never had one that high. You know, I mean, this is and the and the reason the one year he didn't he had a five four. I mean, um, and Freddie Freeman's never had one. And I'm not putting Freddie down, but that's just how long, you know, uh, Aaron was the, uh, you know, he was in the MVP voting for 19 straight years. <laughs> the, uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, I mean, and it was every year. You didn't worry. I mean, he did it. He's going to hit 40 home runs. Uh, he's going to drive in 100 runs. He's going to score 100 runs. He's going to hit 300. You, you could count on that. You know, uh, and we, it just became so regular, so, you know, so, uh, dependable. You know, that's the, yes. You know, I, I was looking back not too long ago, at like how much he made each season, you know, what would somebody like that make today? You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> the, no, uh, it's, yeah, it's unfathomable. It'd be 60 million a year. Well, you know, he, uh, he was, Mike Trout, if Mike Trout continues to do this for another 10 years in a row. It, yeah, another um, 15. Trout would have yeah. to do another 15 years in a row. I, I, yeah, I think well, that the 25 All-Star games is just astounding. He didn't play 25 years. There were four of those years where there were two all, All-Star games in the season. 62 through 66, there were four All-Star games. I mean, there were two All-Star games each season. 23 All-Star game seasons in a row out of a uh, or I'm sorry, 21 All-Star game seasons in a row out of a 23-year career. He You're... played more All-Star. The I mean, uh, Willie Mays and uh, Stan Musial, I think, each played one less. Mm. But you just talk about like durability is a big uh, hot topic with like Tom Brady winning his seventh Super Bowl, and you know LeBron James is in year 18, and he's probably the MVP this year in basketball. You know, there's like Hank Aaron is this durability standard. If you, if you even look at it just objectively, if you've got his stats in front of you, look at what he does when he's 39 years old, 1973 season, uh, 40 home runs, uh, 96 RBIs, uh, an OPS of, uh, 1.045. Uh, and he only plays in 120 games that year. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, he, uh, right. He, uh, uh, was injured for one of the only times of his career, you know, that year. Right. But, I mean, it, go ahead. Well, that's the other thing that's astounding when you look back on it, really, is the year in, year out, just physical durability. If you look at the baseball reference page, it's not until 1971, really, when he's now 37 years old, that, you know, he dips below 150 games on average. Um, right. But even – 
all the way until his final year, he's playing more than a hundred games. And um, just that kind of durability uh, is astounding. His last couple of years in uh, on the Brewers was really just kind of a showcase. Yeah. Well, you, know you, know I mean? you, you, you talked about how when the Braves first moved here, how you personally were, you're a bigger fan of Eddie Matthews. Um, but about that Milwaukee thing, um, when did you feel like Hank became ours, collectively the city of Atlanta? Right from the beginning, because I was young. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> right. uh, I, re- I remember, you know, I, I got the first Saturday game that Braves had. I had, because of somebody, my mother was dead, and I got to go on the field uh, and interview several players. And I was starstruck. I was, you know, I'm a kid. Now. And the, my first question was like, how do you like to be in Atlanta? <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause you know, they, uh, it was kind of the, this, I had never been in a major league city and suddenly this was our team, you know? And so, uh, Hank Aaron became, you know, our best player. I, uh, I didn't, uh, I, I didn't know that, you know, the, these people had strong connections with cities they'd been to. I, you know, I wasn't thinking of it that way. So I, I thought right from the beginning. I, I mean, I, I always, I grew up thinking he was ours first and foremost, and really like was a, almost a singular point of pride for any young Atlanta sports fan pre-1991. It was yeah, like, yeah. you couldn't look at Atlanta, you could look at Atlanta sports history and think, well, you know, we had Dominique Wilkins for a while. That was fun. The 1980 Atlanta Falcons. But, you know, we had Hank. We had Hank Aaron. We had the home run king. And I never liked Babe Ruth because I was a Hank Aaron guy. It was the, <laughs> it was the first super valuable baseball card that I really wanted, naively, like thinking I could win it in a contest or something was the Hank Aaron rookie card as opposed to the Honus Wagner or the Mickey Mantle. All right. Well, I mean, if we're going to sit and talk about Henry here, we have to you have to mention his philanthropic work and all the stuff with the uh, in uh, the NAACP and uh, just all of the the you know the Thurman uh, was I mean he's gotten the presidential things he's gotten uh, honorary degrees at Princeton and all all sorts of stuff he's been a great service to this country i mean to this city well to the country as well but he is uh he's been you know one of the great philanthropists of atlanta in the last 30 years or so uh and you know you know something i found out about him i mean it seems like every stat everything has been gone over uh about hank aaron in the last couple of weeks but uh he was an eagle scout he was an eagle scout the same year I mean, he became an Eagle Scout the same year he started playing with uh, in the Negro Leagues. Really? Yeah, he was 17 years old, and he actually did did a commercial for the uh, for the Scouts, wow. a television commercial. The uh, but I'll, I'll take my favorite thing that talks about how great Hank Aaron was, and you have to know Muhammad Ali to understand how great this is, but. He said, Hank Aaron is the only man I idolize more than myself. <laughs> uh, and you know, Muhammad Ali did idolize himself. So, oh, sure. That, you know, I thought, I thought that was great. I'll tell you, uh, we, we've talked about, and a lot of people have talked about this, that he has 12 miles more uh, you know, uh, bases than usual does, who's second behind the 
and that sort of thing. But I love the fact that uh, he never struck out three times in a game. Yeah, you think sure. Yeah. I mean, never, I mean, there are people that strike out five times in a game all the time now, and they're superstars. But he never, you know, and he played a while. You know? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, hit a few home runs. <laughs> sure did. Tell us about the night of your your personal experience on the night of seven fifteen. Okay. Uh, the real close friend of mine. I'm not going to mention his name. Uh, and my girlfriend and I uh, got tickets as soon as they went on sale. I mean, you know, we knew that he had ended the year right on the cusp and everything. We had to be there, and uh, had good seats. Uh, but the uh, it was a I mean I'm about to tell a long story it was a real rainy drizzly night and everything. Um, this friend of mine had somewhat of a drinking problem in those days, not, <laughs> not anymore. Uh, but he uh, during I mean Aaron came up in the third inning. I mean that's when he hits the home run, and the uh, it didn't. Uh, Mike left like to go get a beer. Um, in i think the toward the end of the preceding inning thinking he would get back i guess i don't know uh but the uh in, in time for aaron's at bat but so but when he he missed it you know, he was getting a beer when uh aaron hit 715 and uh and this was in the days they didn't have the monitors and everything in the concession stands you know things, right you, you know he missed it uh completely so I mean, he gets real depressed, and you—we've all seen those two kids that were running out onto the field that, uh, right around shortstop, start patting Hank on the back. But there are people running out the whole game. I mean, it, that was—that's yeah. what we see now. But the game was interrupted by rain and everything else, and there were people running out and everything. And Mike is proceeding just to get sloshed. Uh, <laughs> well, I shouldn't have said his name. Uh, my friend is proceeding just to get sloshed. Uh, and the because uh, he's you know he's all depressed because he didn't <laughs> he didn't uh, get to see Hank Aaron. So you're in I'm luck, sitting... Mike. You're in luck. Mike is somewhat of a common name, so I think he might be he might be protected. But anyway, okay. Uh, <laughs> but he uh, the uh, so I keep telling my friend and said you know why don't you go out there and shake his hand? You know, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm egging him on and. In my one beer after that, just throwing them down, and so finally he does get the idea. He's going to go out there, and he starts to step. He goes down. Uh, they had these gates that you could uh, that would swing open, so uh, you could get from the field into the stands. These would be like you know uh, security guards and things like this. And my friend starts to step over that, but it swings open. And he falls, and he's suspended by his jacket from this fence, and he can't move. And so they come over and arrest him. Uh, he goes to jail. The uh, He didn't just miss the game. He got arrested and didn't get on the field. He was going to make the go bold move to try and run. And my, my friend was really fast, too, uh, one of the fastest people I've ever known. He, he would have gotten there, but – he didn't miss the whole thing. Uh, I didn't get him out of jail until like five in the morning. You know, it took forever. But the uh, it, he has perhaps a more vivid memory of the home run than I do. You know, in his right. own way. Right. Well, so 
you got to think that that's one of the better stories that could have been told from that evening, just as an, as far as an interest standpoint. But I digress. What what about the what, what was the feeling to you when he when he when he connected and 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 it went over the fence? Oh, great joy! I mean, it was uh, it, the uh, and, and I really thought he was going to hit it. You know, he always tore up the Dodgers. I mean, he tore up everybody, but yeah. uh, the Dodgers, you know, they were his cousins. And the, uh, <laughs> the, well, I mean, you know, he hit more home runs off Drysdale than anybody. He had, you know, over 300 average. You know, it was uh, Koufax that gave him the name Bad Henry. I'll tell you something I, I have learned since his death. Uh, one of the stories I've heard from a couple of people that, uh, and I, I never knew this, but you would never see him on the bench. Uh, that he would always go down in the tunnel. Uh, and a lot of players did that. Uh, stay cool. Some of them did smoke, you know. I mean, there were a lot of reasons. Uh, but Ralph Gar went down and asked him one time why he always went into the tunnel. And he said he didn't, there were so many death threats on him that he didn't want to be sitting next to a teammate and have him get hurt. Wow. You know, I mean, that, uh, and that's the kind of person Hank Aaron was. He was and always smiling. I, I know that the Hall of Fame wanted to, you know, in their exhibit, they wanted to show some of the uh, death threat letters because he read them all, kept them all. Uh, and he said, well, I, I'll, I'll give them to you, but uh, everyone you post, you've got to uh, post one of the positive fan mail, too. He said, I got so much of that. You know, and that's, right. you know, he's just a great man. Yeah. And uh, of all of the people, you know, so we've had so many uh, great Hall of Famers die this year. I mean, just, you know, this is, it's been a very unusual year that way. Yeah. But uh, it's, th this was the one that hit me the most. Yeah. I'll tell you another story I've heard, and, and, and other, you can edit this out if you want, but in his last years, uh, the, uh, when they meet at the hall, when they would meet at the hall of fame and everybody like Aaron is one of those guys that has a, the voice that resonates over everybody else's, you know, uh, everybody said, Ooh, there's Mr. Aaron. But the, uh, when they're assembling for the picture outside of the hotel that they all sign on, but Aaron, Joe Morgan and Frank Robinson, uh, had all left the, uh, the hotel and they're, every, everybody's waiting on them. They're all, Three of them are in walkers, uh, you know, and they're, you know, it's taking them more time to get there at this point. Uh, and then somebody from the all the Hall of Famers uh, says, yells out and down the stretch they come. And, <laughs> they, and then all of they all picked up their pace. But Aaron, Aaron won. They, he's, they said you could see it in his eyes that he was <laughs> that he was going to beat up. Uh, you know, his two good friends, you know, but the, uh, I don't know. I, I could, I can envision that in his last years. Yeah. That's awesome. With I, a great smile on his face. Yeah. I, I, I've heard and, and read the stories about how he almost, he wanted to quit baseball during the home run chase because of the level of death threats that he was receiving. Um, when did you... oh, I know? I don't, th I don't think he wanted to quit. He wanted it to be over. I mean, uh, and he didn't really care about the home run stuff, but I mean, you got to remember he, he had death threats on his daughter. I mean, you know, there, uh, wasn't just him. 
That's oh yeah, but he did. Happened. It was enough that he wanted to leave at one point. I mean, that's been documented. Oh yeah, well, so right. He was. He'd rather just pack it up than than you know try and push it over the goal line, and and put his right. life oh, in, oh, in that yeah. danger. It, I don't. The the record was just a relief to him. Right, and and if you think about it as well, it's kind of amazing that. The, the 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 two the two young hippie looking dudes that come out and shake his hand on the base path that that seems like it's from outer space compared to the level of security there is now you know and and it's like i'm surprised he didn't deck both of them out of just self defense you know but i don't yeah. know i i wasn't there you were though and that's pretty great i know that, that there's a personal connection that that we share to hank you know roundabout socially whatever but uh you have a, a key piece of memorabilia uh that he autographed um did you meet him this i i'm surprised i'm asking you this and that i don't already know this but did you actually meet him at one point yes and uh got to say it's a pleasure to meet you mr aaron I, you know i he I just, it was a, I was in a situation in a restaurant that he was at and I didn't want to bother him and kind of waited till he was leaving. And, uh, the, I said, I just went, he got up and went and got his coat. I went over and said, it's nice to meet you, Mr. Aaron. Uh, I have gotten autographs from him. I have a couple of autographed balls as well as the bat that you were talking about. Uh, but he was just signing them. You know, it wasn't like, I didn't get a chance to meet him, or you know, we didn't sit there and you know talk about Don Drysdale. Yeah, right. I do know that he said that the hardest pitcher he ever faced was Kurt Simmons. Really? What it's worth. And he Kurt, didn't say that to me. I, I read that sometime when he was playing. I wonder how Gibson and Koufax felt about hearing him say that. Well, Kurt Simmons got him out. They didn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's a beautiful own right there. I know that he had uh, over a 300 batting average against both Nolan Ryan and Koufax, and he's the only person I think that's done that that had at least 10 at bats against both of them. Yeah, but hey, you, you can sit here and talk about Aaron's stats all all you know all day long. Oh yeah, and the uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, and 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 rightfully so. But last thing that the night of 7:15. Was that the loudest you ever heard Fulton County Stadium? Probably. Probably. Compared, compared to like, the, uh, well, you know, clinching. I don't the... know. 91 got really loud. Or game seven in 92 or even the World Series clincher in 95? No, nothing. None of, no other World Series playoff game or anything has, well, the, the Sid Slid game was pretty loud at the end. Uh, but that 91 series was the loudest I've ever heard in playoff games in Atlanta. Yeah, that would have been my guess. But, uh, you know, I would think 715. But, I mean, I, but it, it was, it's right there with Hank's home run. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. I, let me say one other thing about Hank's home run. You know, it, well, chronicled, he hit 755. He never hits 50. He hit 47, I think, is his most in any one season. But you didn't think of Hank Aaron as a home run hitter. Not until the last couple of years when you're like, oh, my goodness, he's going to break this record. You thought of him as just the best hitter in the game. Uh, he, never, he never struck out, but he hit a whole lot of pop-ups, and those pop-ups were two miles high. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, but uh, he was just a great hitter. 
Uh, he, you know, wasn't really a home run hitter until he came to Atlanta and saw how the ball carried to left. Uh, in when he was at County Stadium, he's hitting it up the middle. You know. Yeah. I, I just, uh, I, I feel like uh, Hank Aaron is misrepresented by home runs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interestingly enough, and then and that's again, like, kind of circles back to the great praise of his just durability, you know, and consistency. Yeah. He, he, he eclipsed the greatest mark, one of the greatest marks in, in professional sports, um, by just, you know, tireless ethic and just grinding day in, day out, season in, season out. And that might be the most fitting testament to the man as a baseball player, but um, I will say one other thing about Hank here that I, that I'll always remember the whole time he was in Atlanta, I only remember him doing one commercial. I mean, you know, one uh, it, where they're using his, I mean, as a player, where they're using uh, his, you know, status uh, to help sell something. And it was Colonial Bread. And uh, I don't remember the commercial, but at the end of it, Hank Aaron would swing a bat and say, and don't forget my powerful wrist. <laughs> and I, so, and so when ever I, I hear of, of Hank, being mentioned something i always hear don't forget my powerful wrist <laughs> that's that's crucial I, a wrist here. yeah if you want to be great you got it you got to strengthen those wrists hank aaron says so what was what was your yeah, favorite you, nickname for him the hammer or bad henry or hammer and hank well hank is a nickname true you know, he's fair him. point the uh i it depend it, it depended you know on how it was used uh yeah, at the particular time, uh, he was all of those things. You know, there wasn't one that seemed, uh, you know, that seemed unauthentic. He was the hammer. He was bad Henry. He was Hank Aaron. I think the hammer and was that, much that, 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 I mean, that sounds like a cop-out answer, but that's really the way it was. I mean, you you know, right. he, he was all of those things. Right, right. I think the hammer was. He was good enough. He was good enough to have a few nicknames. I I know. know, There you go. There you go. That's the key. That's the key. He was so good that there wasn't one nickname wasn't enough. That's right. Practically eighty-seven at the time of his passing. That's just an incredible life, incredibly well lived. You know, again, I I grew up. uh, My formative years were in the early nineties. Braves teams, uh, and I've mentioned on several podcasts that that's really why baseball is number one in my heart as a sports fan. But um, Hank Aaron was always the guy that I was like, wow, that's an amazing thing that we, the city of Atlanta had Hank Aaron. What a blessing, you know, so far beyond uh, as a sports star, but as a civic influencer, uh, he's just going to be greatly missed. 87 years, what an incredible life well lived. And again, I think we should name the, uh, our ball team, the Atlanta Hammers. I uh, this is I love this idea. If you're not going to draft the letter, I will. All right, I'll prove for you. <laughs> I'll, I'll write a letter. You tell me who to send it to. Send the uh, commissioner's office, or no, send it to. Uh, What's the guy? Shoot. McGurk, Terry McGurk. McGurk, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, we can just. You live right down the street. Just you know, send, send it, send <laughs> yeah. it over. Yeah, like carrier pigeon. What I mean, you know. Sure. The, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about it. I think it uh, but I think I think it's good. I think that could catch just on. the time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that was great. Um 
some thoughts about 2020 since we didn't do any podcasts after about uh about may i i don't know really where to begin in trying to digest what the 2020 baseball season was did this country strife with the pandemic and the everything with the social justice movement and you know the the vicious election season that it was um did that did all that strife just make baseball irrelevant did you feel like it was I, you know I I I didn't feel when it came back I'll put it to you this way when when we finally got back out on the field we the pejorative we at the end of uh at the end of July I just didn't care I uh it's a release I mean uh Roosevelt I think who talked about how uh, baseball is such a release, uh, and, you know, for us that it, it's needed at times like that. Uh, the it's been compared to like South American revolutions, uh, where people just let off a bunch of steam, and uh, and and sport does that for us. It, it provides that kind of cleansing where. Uh, and, and particularly baseball with its kind of pastoral uh, aspect that, you know, the whole field that never ends, that continues out, the lines go on forever. Uh, but, and so I think a lot of people, particularly in my ilk, have, you know, it was needed more than ever through this, you know, this time. Uh, now it, it loses something that I couldn't go to a game. I moved. <laughs> so I can I'm close to the stadium, uh, but then right. I can't go I can't go to any games. Um, but move close to my grandkids too. I uh, walk to either one of them, but I had to have a Zoom Christmas. You know, it was a weird year. Uh, oh yeah, and, well to say the least, yeah. And the uh, you're right. All of the the political and social stressful economic uh reckonings that the country has made uh it was uh it it seems to overshadow everything but that didn't that just made me need it all that much more well i think uh yeah, go ahead it wasn't irrelevant to me it's always irrelevant if you look at it i mean you know uh sure it can uh a team uh winning a world series can uh bring some economic uh stability or uh influx into a city and uh it, it has you know kind of important uh repercussions financially and whatnot but but in, in the long run it's a personal thing for us all it just i mean it is it does different things for different people and provides different things for different people uh, for a lot of us, it's just a relief. Jeez, you know, I don't, you know, I don't worry when uh, Acuna goes and pulls down Albie's hat over him and starts laughing. I'm, I don't really care who they're voting for. <laughs> I don't care about their politics. I don't, you know, I just enjoy it. I enjoy the whole thing. Well, and you know, it was that was a Pollyannish answer. <laughs> well, it's important though because I think the part that made me so uh i don't know turned off if you will but but somewhat disgusted was that two things number one the the labor strife at the beginning was terrible i mean if anything baseball should have been the first 
sport to figure out how to make it work during this pandemic. And, and I never quite understood where the labor strife was exactly coming from and, and why it seemed like they, the players association and, 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 uh, you know, the commissioner's office and the owners couldn't figure out how to make this happen. I couldn't, it, it was never clear, but the COVID pro- protocols were something that they seemed to be making up as they were going along, you know, all the way oh, up. They, they certainly were. They certainly were. They changed them, you know, almost weekly. And, and, and I understand that that was the whole situation, this whole pandemic situation. I mean, it was a hundred years since something like this had been in the States and it, it was fluid for all of us. You know, there was, I mean, it, where it needed to not be fluid, would be in Washington and it was the most fluid, but I digress. I, I just couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe that you're right. It's a release and, and the country really needed baseball and could have really, it could have been a great moment for baseball. It seems like they, they sorely fumbled and, and all the way to the end, like game six of the world series, you're hearing Justin Turner's getting pulled off because he's tested positive for COVID, but then he's back out there, no mask, taking photos with the team. Pictures. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I don't know. It, it seems like, and it seems like Manfred cemented himself as quite possibly the worst commissioner in the major North, North American sports. All right. I, um, if baseball had started earlier, it wouldn't have finished. Uh-huh. We look at all the mistakes they made. And they're making those mistakes in June, you know, and stuff. When, if they were making those mistakes in March and April, the whole thing would have been shut down. They they wouldn't they wouldn't have got through it. No, they didn't understand how to do it. They didn't, with the amount of players and things that they have to protect, they couldn't do a bubble like the NBA. And actually, the NFL has kind of copied baseball to a certain extent and you know to get through their season um, well the nfl just doesn't they just outright don't, don't give a shit about anything I know. <laughs> you know right right uh the uh did baseball make a lot of mistakes uh yeah uh but they they got it done eventually what they you know when they finally got together now as part is you're a lot more down on manfred you got to understand that he's paid entirely by the owners. It's not like Silver, who's half paid by the players. You know, he's in, you know, he is there. You know, he's, he is to baseball with what, what's his name is to football. I mean, he works for the owners. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he works for the owners and uh, the, um, did the owners get it all right? No players didn't either. I mean, you have all those Indian pitchers leaving and stuff. You know, they were there. Um, uh, it was just, it's something I want to, I'm glad it's over. You know, it was, it was not handled well by anybody, but they got it, they got it finished. You know, they, they got to the, the finish line. Uh, well, I think that and, was something that felt disingenuous about it was like they, that's all they cared about. They were like, let's just get this over with and get out of here. You know, there didn't even seem to be like, like I felt. Well, I th- the players didn't show that. The players, the the players had a lot of fun. 
Yeah, and hey, look. You can see that on the field, you know, chatting, going over and shaking hands with cardboard cutouts, you know. Uh, they, you know, they, they, it was, they had, it was an exciting 60 games. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, an anomaly is sometimes exactly what a, a, a sport might need, you know. Let's shake it up. Let's let's have a play-in tournament like the NBA is going to do now and and all that those things. And, and yeah, I mean, look, I'll, I'll admit wholeheartedly when the Braves – were in the playoffs. I was like, this is it. This is every bit is legit. You know, had they actually won and we won't talk about the fact that they yet another Atlanta sports team coughs up a huge lead, but I would have been, I would have been buying the t-shirts. I would have been, you know, wearing the championship hat. Sure. You know, um, the, I think we, what you were saying prior to this, uh, we will probably end up with the universal DH next year. And, that's probably a good thing. I think we will have expanded playoffs. I think they are. It has taught us something about uh, roster size. I think the move it has enhanced the move to having single year and double year contracts, which gives more of an incentive to play hard. And not that they don't, but I mean, uh, every year is a contract year. Uh, and so I think some good can come from it in the long run. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And I, I think that, you know, a neutral site sort of um, tournament was interesting to see. Now it was weird because there were, again, no fans. And that stadium, yeah. that new new stadium in Texas just is strange looking in general. But you, Right. Uh, so they're I, reserving that right for this year, too. That, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, if things, there aren't, fans in the stands in the playoffs they're going to do that again right well and you know i mean again i i I thought okay so the plan that they did come up with with the 60 game sprint that all games would be in division and you know it was interesting to be playing the red Sox and the yankees that many times i guess but you know um i just i even i sure yeah to your point if they had tried to just bulldoze through and start let's get started in march or april it would have been a disaster and they wouldn't have gotten through it but uh, the fact that it didn't start until july and the fact that we only got 60 games and so much of it had to do with a labor negotiation problem which you know has almost submarined the the game several occasions and it just felt disingenuous too. The play, yeah, the players were happy to be there, but I think most of the owners didn't want to have a season. <laughs> they were they were happy to to uh, collect the insurance, I guess, or something like that. But um, I don't there know. Some of I think there were some owners. You're right that didn't want to have a season, but I think the majority of them did. Right, because of the way contracts are drawn up and everything else. Yeah, look, owners. Uh, I mean, they're not. Michael Illich is around. The owners primarily are corporations, and it was better for the corporation to eventually have a product on the field. Right, right, and get some television revenue, the whole thing, sure. And I look, I'm right there with you. I'm glad it's over, you know. I'm glad that we're we're not going to have another season like that, hopefully, <laughs> knock on wood or whatever. Um, it's just, it's kind of amazing to think about, you know, like how is 2020 going to be looked at in the baseball annals? I mean, you know, d- does it count? D- does in the sense of like, how does, like, how does Freddie Friedman's MVP stack up to other Braves to win MVP? Can you even do such comparisons? 
I don't know. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you can. I you mean, can, yeah. Uh, but it's just going to be such a bizarre thing to look back on. It was 60 games. It was. They were good 60 games, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Bizarre and thankful to be out of it. I'm glad you enjoyed it a lot. I wish I could have, uh, you know, separated uh, conscious mind from sports fan mind and enjoyed it a little bit more. We'll see what this season has to bring once it actually, once we actually get going. One thing that we lost uh, that is very unfortunate is that Mike Trout was supposed to play in Atlanta last summer. Guess we'll just have to figure out how to get to Kansas City or something or go down to Tampa. All right, man. Well, it's good to be back. Let's just hope nobody gets sick. <laughs> Right. you know what hey let's go to florida and arizona and start start doing <laughs> baseball games with fans in the stands that's this is great this is already off to a good to a good start yeah i think they should be doing uh spring training well they are they are limiting the uh distance that teams can move within those states and stuff i mean arizona is pretty much pods anyway um uh, yeah Florida, they're going to like, you know, just do it regionally. They're not going to be going across state and stuff, which they should be doing anyway. But yeah. um, Does, I, I do think, we know is, oh, go ahead. I, I think with all, you know, the the contract tracing devices and all of the uh, the, the safety protocols they put in, um, will somebody get it? Yeah, nothing like last year. Right. No, no, no outbreaks and clusters of there, outbreaks. There, every so. player is getting tested every other day, you know. Um, so it's too, I'm, it, I'm enthusiastic. I, you know, I'm optimistic with this. Sure. Hope springs eternal. Yes, it does. That is that is a fact. Do we do we know are the Blue Jays going to be playing in Buffalo for another year? That was interesting. That was you know. Yes, it was. I I don't I don't think we know that yet. I think they may start out there. Probably. I don't think uh, the Trudeau has uh, reopened the borders at all. Uh, he has for some goods. Yeah, baseball players aren't goods. No, they no, they are not. We like to avoid any sort of reference to them as property. That's right. All right, good sir. Well, uh, a thank you as always to all the listeners who uh, have stayed uh, supportive of uh, the Running the Bases podcast, even in a down year. We're excited to be back. We're excited to do shows again. Um, looking forward to a full season of baseball, to say the least. Um, thank you, as always, to uh, uh, Mr. David Wayne who is uh, still providing our intro and outro music. Uh, his album is The Truth Is I Don't Know, and that's available on Amazon and on Spotify and the iTunes Store, wherever you stream your music nowadays. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, Twitter. Uh, like us on all those platforms um, and leave your comments. We always love to hear them. Um, you can find all things Running the Bases at our website, runningthebases.com. So uh, for Coach Bounds, I'm Tucker Wells. We're coming into home, and we're safe and sound and healthy. Coach, you have yourself a good night. Thanks so much, man. You too, sir. We'll talk again soon. Let me get you to say goodbye. Say goodbye? Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> there it is. Ha <laughs> ha